Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming for the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Great guest today. We got Michael from the Sketch Provcast. I'm not even going to try to say his last name because I would ruin it. Uh, Michael is the man. I. You ever just talk to someone and you just immediately get on, that you immediately just get along? We hopped on the Skype, started talking for a second, and all of a sudden, hours up. I don't remember any of it. Like, we just. It just happens so fast. Uh, we have so much in common. Uh, I think Michael might be the first guest to do some uh, voice um, impressions. He does an amazing Ned Flanders and Professor Frank. He had a really good Orson Welles, or as I know him as Pinky from Pinky in the Brain doing Orson Welles. But uh, anyway, I just had so much fun. This dude is uh, he's a hes a true creative artist. He's, uh, he's worked at Disney. He does a whole bunch of everything. Uh, he, he's just really funny. Um, I think he's someone you should keep your eyes open for. You're going to, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, this is someone that is putting on shows, performing, making a phenomenal podcast. I mean, I don't, I don't think the dude sleeps. It's just so, so much fun. So, uh, thanks to Michael for coming on. And how cool is it? He's a part of the, uh, Core Temp Arts Network along with me. So it's like, we're basically lifelong friends. So we're, we're definitely network buds and he'll come back on the show at some point. I cannot wait for that. And make sure you remember the one website from here is sketchprof.com where you can find original content, get links to the Sketchprof cast, which you can listen to. That's a podcast. Uh, I've watched some of the videos. They're really funny. And we had some uh, mutual friends. It turned out that we both knew uh, Jeff from Eastside Mags because he was a past guest and they do some performances. It's a great store. Uh, so anyone in the area looking for a actor, sketch guy, voiceover, you hire Michael. He's a good guy. And then tell him that we sent you. Uh, also, all the details for this episode for his links and his show are on coretemparts.com. A little quick update for me. I was recently a, week, a guest uh, last week on Poorly Summarized, a really cool uh, podcast. It kind of reminded me of a mixture of uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and uh, At Midnight. Uh, it's a fun game show. I, I really like those guys. We're going to get them on here as well. And... um uh, nothing else to it. Just this is the last intro I'll record in uh, this version of the Cat Cave. I am moving next week. And uh, welcome to all new listeners. I've been noticing a big increase in downloads. Fills my heart. Thank you for coming aboard. Please dive around the archives. Let get, Check out who else I've had on. I've had some great guests. And uh, do me a huge favor and get in contact on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. And if you could be so kind, if you wanted to leave an iTunes review, preferably a positive one, uh, that would actually mean the most to me. That's That stuff actually is the lifeline of podcasting. And if you don't want to do anything at all, just listen, and that's fine with me too, because that's usually what I do. Uh, well, let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Court and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Popped This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtandparts.com. The hard, the hard, he never thought that this cop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight, cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Debris. Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski. So are we, so are we just going into it like Nerdist or what? Yeah, this, this is it. <laughs> yeah, Carly fucking knows like everything. I don't know. She'll be like, "Oh, your sound looks good. Try adjusting your pitch. This, this, and that." Like, mm. yeah, I just, uh, I just showed Carly a video of um, 
my engineer, uh, Rob Dickerson, he, um, <clears throat> he's also the co-executive producer of the site. Uh, we just built a, um, a studio in his, uh, garage and it came out freaking awesome. <laughs> it's crazy. I can do shit like that. Yeah. Now. We did like, well, the thing is we were going to start like this whole little thing, like, you know, just put some, you know, sound blankets up and clean out the garage. And then his, his dad and his uncle go, no, we'll take care of it. And then all of a sudden we have a freaking studio like with walls and it's soundproof and it's really nice. <laughs> and this is all Jersey? Yeah, this is all in Jersey. So you guys are like Mark Marin in it. Like... Pretty much. I mean, we we have three different kind of websites that we all run. Uh, you know, I got the sketch prep one and he does one uh, called Cape Swoosh Productions where um, we, we do um, like these audio drama readings of famous comic books. And oh, dude, that sounds dope. <laughs> dude, it is so fun. I have played Lex Luthor. I have played um, Doctor Strange. No, wait. No, I've played Calendar Man. I've played Stan Lee as a narrator. It's been amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, this is totally... I was, like, trying to keep this in the bag until it got a little, like, stall, stale, but I don't think that's happening. <laughs> um, so you must have seen those videos of, like, uh, all the famous voice actor dudes doing... Uh, like their cartoons or movies oh, yeah. and the voice, yeah, that's, like the Space Jam that's or whatever. Our, that's or, our biggest inspiration, actually. We saw those and we're like, oh, let's do something like that, but with comic books. And um, why has that not been done? Now, do you do? You, and this, so it's like a radio play. Yeah, exactly. It started out with um, a friend of ours who's actually the other executive producer of Cape Swoosh. We all have these titles. It's just like it really like they're all titles, but we're just a bunch of dudes making stuff. Um, <laughs> And uh, his name is Jeremy uh, Doyle, a very talented guy. He was um, doing a, uh, a program for his college radio show, and he wanted to do like a radio drama style reading, the old school style of The Killing Joke. And um, the reason he did that is because uh, we had a friend, his name is Brandon Malley, who's a really good actor. He does the most spot-on Mark Hamill Joker I've ever heard. And he nailed it, and we built it all around that. Like, I, I was playing, like, Harvey Bullock, and we got some other people to play, like, random thugs and stuff. And it just all came together. And then we're uh, Rob and Jeremy, they were like, you know what? I think there's something in this. And we just started that. And um, because of them, because of our circle of actors, um, I was inspired to make a, a website. And, I mean, really, like... <laughs> My relationship with comedy goes like way back, but you know, I I don't know if you, if you want me to just keep talking the whole time, but this is, I, I tend to do that, and I don't want to be a rambler. <laughs> well, no, I, I always tell people in the beginning, say talk more than me because you're more than five. That people say <laughs> uh, people are used to if if people are nice enough to well, come back, they heard me ramble. Um, so like um, let's uh, all right, let's let's go this way. Uh, what's your comedy tree? Okay. Um, I feel like I'm just. I feel like we're like-minded people right here. Because certain. We're actually. You can't yeah. Talk to most people, they'll be like, I don't know what that means. You're, you're only one year older than me, and. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, and I found that out because you. Uh, I think you said it when you do, uh, interviewed the guy from All Real Monsters, which was oh, a yeah, great like, episode. <laughs> I won't even lie. I will go down. And that will definitely be the most proud I've ever done of anything. <laughs> of the, like, I almost felt like ending it right there. I was like, I'm never doing better than this. I was hooked. It was so good. That was a dream come true. And thanks to that dude, I ended up on fucking. So I'll allow. <laughs> and I don't want to brag, but it's well. So this is. So you'll you'll get this. Yeah. So that I ended up on uh, the Split Slider uh, this I, week in I comedy. I love that site. 
that has and and I and people say like it's not even I'm I'm kind of prone to hyperbole, but this is actually my number one goal when I started the podcast was to make it that list. That's all I've ever cared oh, yeah. about. And I made it, and I was like, oh my god, fucking shoot me now. Well, there you go. The it's next, like, well, where do I go from here? <laughs> well, the next day, it ends up on the Huffington Post. Yeah. Didn't give a shit. I was like, eh. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I was really touched. It was really cool. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was such a weird moment of, like, people's perspectives. So, like, when I was, like, one of my, telling my friends, like, oh my god, I'm split side. This is so great. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The next day, I'm like, oh my god, the same article got uh, run by HuffPo. And they're like... <laughs> I know what that is. Holy shit, that's huge. I'm like, no, Split Slider's the big one. And, and I, I cannot wrap that around my head. Like, and I'm almost like trying to explain to like my, to people. I'm like, yeah, HuffPo's like cool. Oh yeah. But Split Slider guys, like this if is you're, huge. If you're a comedy person, that's, that's, that's the HuffPo yeah. for you. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't, yeah. And then, so it was, it was, it's the same exact article. Oh, yeah. um, the gentleman who, uh, Mark, who writes the one on Split Sider, coincides to it's just the same run runs. I, I I actually tracked him down. He's actually coming on the show on Thursday because nice. I was like, thank you so much for making my parents cry. They were so happy. <laughs> I I freaking love podcasting. I think it is it's the nicest people in the world. It is podcasting to me is like right now it is one of the richest sources of untapped potential for media, and there are so many different things that people can do with it. And you're starting to see now. I mean, like, yeah, people mock it, but, you know, Serial did bring a lot of attention to podcasting. Dude, it was so good! That a lot of people didn't recognize before. I mean, yes, there were podcasts before Serial. And, you know, there's yeah. definitely Marin and, you know, all those guys. And There's podcasts before Marin. Oh, yeah. But the thing for me, the one that really, like, caught me, and it's still today my favorite, but unfortunately it's no longer, is Super Ego. Um, oh, yes, yes. They were, like, the real inspiration for all of this, and Matt Gorley was actually nice enough when I was putting this stuff together to give me some, like, technical advice, and, uh, wow. yeah, he was, he was very, very nice, and um, I give a lot of credit to him as to, like, to have... You know him? I don't know him personally, but I did, while I was putting the whole thing together, um, I had e we had kept in touch an email a few times, and, you know, I was... Just asking him advice about, you know, whether to do an enhanced podcast version or uh, whether to, you know, what's what is like the best technical way to do stuff. And like he, he was pointing me in all these different directions. It was it was really surprising how like, you know, because I put those guys on a pedestal because to me they're like, you know, they're the they're the superheroes of, of comedy podcasting. And I I mean I memorize their their bits like my parents did Monty Python, you know. Like my yeah. friends and I, we can do the the M talks to James Bond, uh, you know, for as many times as we want, or the the um, <coughs> the uh, HR Giger ones. But like, by the way, if anyone hasn't listened to them, find them. Season three is the most amazing comedy you'll ever hear, and I, I that is like my aspiration. But like as far as comedy goes, um, improv has really been my life. I'm 30 now. I started when I was 15. So really, half. How do you find it at fifteen? Is it in your schools? <laughs> well, it's uh, funny enough. Um, when I was fifteen years old, I was doing a summer theater workshop um, in my school, and my English teacher is uh, cousins with Joe Gatto, who is um, Joe of the Tenderloins and Impractical Jokers. And Small world. yeah, and you know they're a bunch of Staten Island guys. Or, I think it's Staten Island. Yeah. 
And um, all four of them were there, Joe, Sal, Murray, uh, uh, Brian. And they were just teaching us the basics of it. Now, I had watched, like, I'm sure like you did, the original um, uh, Who's Line um, and was just like, a, yeah. a, I was addicted to it because it was the funniest show to me in the world. I had no idea how these guys could make stuff up on the fly. I wanted to know. And when they came, I was just like, I was hooked. And they came the following year after that. And the year after that, I, um, like I was, I was getting books on all the different, uh, studies like, um, Del Close, um, and, um, uh, all the, all these guys, uh, the history of second city and the groundlings and upright citizens brigade. And then just trying to get like absorbed, like a sponge, like as much as I could. Um, I got to see my first Second City show on uh, on a trip to Vegas. There was a touring group at the Flamingo, and it was insane because it was a sketch show. But the thing is, all of their sketch material is created through improvisation, and then it's refined, and then it's like refined and refined and refined until it's a very tight sketch. Now, I had known that a lot of people from Saturday Night Live had came from uh, Second City and that it was like the breeding ground for the biggest stars that have ever come out of that show. And I was like, oh, one day I'm going to go there. And I had like this whole plan of like going to Northwestern and studying theater and then <laughs> taking like graduate courses at Second City. But uh, that did not come to pe- uh, come to pass. But <laughs> um, I still got to maybe the last couple of years when I visited my parents who live in the Chicago area. Um to see a Second City show live, which was just amazing. I actually saw AD Bryant perform there live. Who, oh, wow. And she is, she is a delight on stage. She's just so energetic and funny. And it's, it's really, it's amazing to see them up close and personal than seeing them. Oh, sorry. I saw that like notifications on. <laughs> I have like three Apple devices running right now and none of them know when to shut up. <laughs> so here, let me. So are you from Chicago? Area? No, no, no. Um, my parents are in the Chicago area now because that's where my dad is working. But I'm originally and still am from Jersey. Um, I'm a North Jersey guy. Um, what part? Uh, Bergen County. Yep. yep, yep. I, I know you're familiar with that area. I spend much time in your region. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, it's 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 pretty much what everyone thinks that New Jersey is. <laughs> it's it's you know my my understanding of New Jersey before that was actually like uh, Sussex County, so I never could figure out why people shat all over New Jersey. Well, every like, oh, yeah, every stereotype is is in the towns that I live in, <laughs> in the surroundings. Yeah, towns. yeah, and, and like yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> what is it about people from New Jersey? Actually, this is kind of people anywhere. This is just something I annoys me. Is that anyone? I always notice. So my my wife's from Jersey. My in laws. Right. Anytime I have to hear a story involving them in New York City, or anyone rather, who has to tell you a story about New York City, they have to tell you the exact address of where they were doing. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we went out to dinner on Fourth uh, and Seventeenth on the uh, uh, it's, uh, south of Houston, and then give you like a tidbit about the, the fact. The thing is, it's because I don't care. <laughs> it's because I think it's because of the fact that it's a grid, and it's the easiest way to identify which place <laughs> you gotta go to. You know? No, not tell me to, to go there. I'm just talking about like a regular well, that's story. The thing. In our heads, 
It's like oh yeah, the I was best having a dinner at Katz's dinner, right? It's and here, here's his address. I'm like, <laughs> I tell you restaurants I go to all the time, but I don't tell you where it's located. Well, that's the thing. It's it's a little hard. It's easier to identify a place um, for at least a local uh, than it is for somebody who lives, you know, in a town like mine, uh, who's from out of state. Going, oh yeah, yeah, you just go out to uh, Palisade Road and it's right on the corner. Of where? I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> hey, that grid does not make as much sense as they say it does. Well, one of them, <laughs> you got to live there, or you got to have gone around there enough times to understand it. You got to be bridge and tunnel folk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I did not grow up in New Jersey, so that's not me. Yeah, I'm like I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Just tell me more about the food. Well, the thing about Damn. the thing about New York, in like for a while, um, you know, my wife and I we live in New Jersey, and. Um, for a couple of years after we graduated from college, we were just kind of trying to figure out like what the hell to do. And, um, we both had ideas. We were both theater people, you know, both graduated with, uh, theater degrees. And, um, I was like, well, I, I, you know, there's not really work for people like us. Honestly, I only took theater because it was the only thing I wanted to study. And it yeah. was the easiest <laughs> for me because I just wanted to finish college. I didn't really care what happened. And you're at Montclair State, yeah. Too? Well, well <laughs> I, I just I find it. I was like, uh, yes, and I live on this address, and you can find my number. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And I'm that's kidding. uh, that's where uh, the Simpsons writer guy yeah, went too. Yeah, that was. I was like, when that, that when I heard that, that, that mind a little. That, yeah, when I did hear that, I was just like, yeah, he was. <laughs> I can do this too. Well, then he followed it up with, I went to grad school at Tulane. I'm like, now nah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It really is a well, with that type of stuff. I mean, it is a lot of who you know and things. Oh end God, up. I um, are you familiar with the Hollywood Handbook, the podcast oh, yeah, at all? Yeah. yeah, I I I try not to bring it up all the time, but I feel like I cry about it all the time. <laughs> uh, so I had Sean on here, and then. No, it was a technical difficulty that just never airs. <laughs> um, he like it's funny because now he worked. He he. I don't know the grinder just got canceled. Yeah. But like, dude, uh, never even went to college at all. Well, I think know, he right? didn't, doesn't have a degree. And I'm like, oh, and the only reason that he was on here it was only the like. It's funny because uh, it turns out our moms work together no, in Connecticut. <laughs> but I was like, but here I wish his story his story is definitely out there. But it was just fascinating of like. You know, just doing little stuff, little stuff, a big opportunity that comes up that it's the same thing for everyone. Then a little thing leads to a little thing, and then all of a sudden you, you're you living in L.A. and you have a job on a TV show. Well, I mean, oddly enough, that's kind of how our show uh, ended up on this network, uh, the lovely Core Tempars network. Um, <laughs> and uh, huh? because I saw you tweet to uh, Jeff, the owner of Eastside Mags, where we do our oh, shows, yes. and I, I was him. like, oh, what's that about? Hey, look, a podcast network. I'm trying to get on a podcast network. And lo and behold, uh, you know, uh, maybe about a yeah, month later, here I am. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I want to get to that, too, because you guys perform at Eastside Mags. Yeah, we did one show there. We're going to do another one in July. But, uh, but is your com- I think we were talking about your comedy tree, but we're not. We're going to bounce around. Don't worry. Funny. I'm like a I don't, I'm a. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sporadic person when it comes to subject yeah. matter. But uh, but so you finding improv at fifteen? That's uh, I was gonna say like it's a different elk. I'm like, no, we're the same age, and that's probably how old I was. So I I can't I come to comedy years later. I'm like I went through the punk rock music scene, and then oh uh, yeah, and th- then found comedy like through podcasting. Warp tour. <laughs> yeah yeah, actually I only went to one. Believe it or not, I never got to go to one, even though it came to um PNC Bank Art oh, Center. <laughs> always yeah, I didn't. I was like too cool for that. I was like fuck big festival. <laughs> 
but it also didn't come to Connecticut where I when I was a part of that world. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> it, yeah, we, we got skipped over for everything because like it wasn't you know when you're in a small state you think things are far but they're not. So like a promoter's like, why would we put this show in Hartford when Boston and New York are right there? They can all drive two hours, but people like me like I'm not no no. <laughs> I had to get a hotel or a day trip. No. Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, when I started doing improv, I was just like, I just wanted to do it everywhere. And I tried to get like, it's hard to get shows doing in high school because pretty much like if you, if you weren't like me, you really didn't, there was nobody that was on the level of, of addiction to the style as I was amongst my friends. Like we all, you are like 15 years yeah, before your time. Exactly. Here. Like we're all watching. You know, we'll watch Who's Line, but I'm like the one who's like, like seriously, I'm I'm studying theory of it basically, and I, I you yeah. know, I was a I was a total improv nerd for it, and I was it was so like I loved it, and eventually, um, I tried to use those skills when I was working at uh, Disney World a couple of years ago, uh, you know, for auditions and such, and the only thing it taught me was how to ease on uh how to ease into rejection from an audition <laughs> so we're not gonna let you gloss over that what you worked at disney <laughs> yeah i was a cast member at the walt disney world how does resort one get, how does how does that even how do you get that job is that it was a fluke to be honest um i was doing a season at the florida studio theater in sarasota where i was teaching and performing improv so it was like Oh, dream job. This is awesome. This is everything I've worked towards. And they did, they decided not to extend my contract, which was a, you know, a bummer, but at least I got to experience it. And yeah. my wife was doing the college program and she got hired though for a full time position. So I was like, all right, let's try doing that. And I drove in a rented car with all my stuff, um, uh, over to Orlando. And um, stayed at like an extended stay hotel for two weeks until we found a place. And then just as luck would have it, um, she had been talking to one of the recruiters in the offices and there was a position open. <laughs> and wow. yeah, and it was in my favorite park, which is Hollywood Studios. Um, you know, I go back to the days when it was still called MGM Studios, but, you know, I'm, mm. I'm old school like that. And <laughs> as much as an improv addict I am, I am that much more a theme park addict. So, like, this was, you know, I'm in, I'm in, you know, heaven right now. And um, I got to work on the brand new version of Star Tours. So here I am, a, uh, you know, I'm 25 years old. I'm working in Disney World. On top of that, I'm working on Star Tours, which is my, which is the Star Wars ride. And you know, I'm part of my favorite franchise ever. So, you know, I was like, well, I can do this for the rest of my life. I don't care. <laughs> and my wife had the, the office job because, you know, she was uh, using her degrees. <laughs> and I just decided, you know, whatever, this is this is like acting. And it was. And it, I actually got to improvise more there. Um, there was a time, like, we had um, Star Wars characters. Uh, walk through the ride um, to, to kind of interact with people. They didn't talk, but, you know, they would interact with people. You'd see, like, the Emperor or Vader or Darth Maul. And I would always love to have those moments where, you know, if they're coming by the shuttle bay, as, the, you know, we called it before we loaded onto the simulator, 
uh, for those of people who don't know, Star Tours, the whole point of the ride is that it's what if there was like a continental airlines in space, but in the Star Wars universe. And we work for that airline, so to speak. And, um, you know, hijinks ensue. And so the characters would come by and, you know, I'd be like, oh, welcome everyone to Star Tours. We're happy to take you onto our flight. Please do not pay attention to the Sith Lord. He will force choke you. And all of a sudden, the actor, he took the cue and he raised his hand. And this was Darth Maul. He raised his hand into that force choke mode. So I went along with it and I was like, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please just listen to some safety instructions. Uh, I'll hail the Empire. And he let go and I just, you know, went with it. It was amazing because I loved guys who just like to go along with stuff like that. I did that for two years and we decided to move back because we wanted to be closer to our family, which is pretty much the majority of them are all in Jersey. And I started doing more acting and uh, she was working um, a full-time job that she got. And it was a, it was a good support structure. Um, she's actually, <laughs> she just finished her second master's, which means she's Damn. way smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, her first master's, Christ, is in uh, stage production. So she is my live show stage manager. Whenever I do stuff, uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah. so we're we're a pretty good team, and she's taught me how to use like QLab and stuff like that. So it's been good. And um, oh yeah. Oh no no, this, you go. This is great. <laughs> uh, so when I came back, I, that's when I really started getting into podcasts um, because a coworker of mine had you know I'm big into voice acting, um, and a coworker of mine said, uh, hey, you should listen to. Um, these interviews, you know, Hardwick uh, did one with Billy West and um, uh, John DiMaggio, who, you know, Bender and Fry. And I was like, oh, definitely. Also a Jersey guy. Yeah, definitely. I, I, Scotch Plains. <laughs> I just, my wife's uncle lives there and I heard him say it once. I'm like, I know where that is. I gave him big ups when I saw him in New York Comic Con last year. And I'm like, uh, way to represent Jersey, man. <laughs> And, um, you know, I, voice acting is another thing that is just something I don't I don't do it. I just am obsessed with it. So oh, yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you. And I feel I, like I, it's gotten so much more deserved attention uh, over the past couple of years because of like the podcast and because of that documentary he did. Um, I know that. Oh, part. it's so great. Oh, yeah. And then for me, it was hearing uh, Maurice, Maurice Lamarche Maurice and uh, yes. Rob Paulson, who I want to know how you got to work with him. Um <laughs> Uh, nerdist and then i was like oh that i mean you know he's new it's hard yeah. but then it did i don't know it just i don't know his, it's just his um his orson wells i love doing that oh my i'll i'll God. do the same thing like he does for um for mic checks like every time i go we know a remote farm in lincolnshire <laughs> every july peas go there do you really want to say that and like we'll just go on. I do it. But that's all that. But that's his the brain. That's from yeah. The so brain. basically, so I'm I mean, doing, I know, doing brain. <laughs> no, but that's all I think of is the brain. Even because you know my cultural references are not that great with old stuff. So oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's a brain. But uh, oh my god, uh, how did you work with Rob Paulson? Um, I w- I saw an opportunity to take a master class uh, with him, um, and I was like begging my wife, like please, please let me take a class with Pinky. <laughs> And um, she was like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll do this and because I know it's actually going to help. So I took, um, I took this master class. It was a four-hour course in New York City. And we basically just, you know, he did like a little, like small, 
you know, t- explaining his story and a Q&A of like, you know, there's like 20 of us in a room. And well, where is this? Is this like UCB? Oh, it was, in, it was in New York City at a place called um, uh, Grizzly Pear Studios, I think it's called. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's one of those um, they rent a space and then you use it. And then um, <clears throat> what we did, um, basically like a class, like he would teach us techniques. And then we did a mock uh, recording session and he would direct us. And it was amazing. And then he ended it by singing Nations of the World, which he still has memorized. (laughs) Wow. You know, like they say, don't meet your idols, but maybe he's the one you should meet. Dude, when I I don't care what they say. If your voiceover, if your hero is a voice actor, meet them. (laughs) Because you know what? Voice art, they don't get the bullshit of being recognized all the time. That's the dream. So what it is, it's a a fan. Yeah. Like, 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 that is my ultimate goal. Is to be able to do that for a living. I mean, not even not, no fame, just just not, yeah, just you, here's the thing: fame is a bonus, work is forever if you're good. <laughs> um, yeah, that, and that's you know he is the biggest influence on me as a as a voice actor, definitely. Um, and when I was listening to all these different podcasts and just enjoying stuff, and I stumbled upon Super Ego, and for those for people who haven't listened to it, please do. Um, find the archives. I don't know whatever you have to do. Um, the whole pre- I've actually never listened to it either, dude. I think you would really enjoy it. The whole uh. the whole premise is, um, what they do is they'll take a premise for a sketch, uh, like say, um, General Zod talking to his lawyer before he has to go face the council, and which is a real one, by the way. <laughs> um, and they'll improvise it, and they'll just do their dialogue and they'll kind of do it like Larry David style where they have to hit like certain beats like they did on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And then they just, you know, fill up the rest. And then what they'll do um, is put in like ambient noise and music and sound effects and edit the dialogue so that it's a fully formed sketch by the end. And Mm. I was, I was, my mind was blown because I was like, well, wait, podcasts are just interview shows, right? And they're like, no, this is what we can do with it. And I'm like, oh, when I have the resources, I'm going to do something like that too. Yeah, it, it's surprising. I, it's it's such like a revolutionary idea, and it's also the same idea as before. It's just old time radio. Exactly. It's, it's, just, exactly. it's just a block of time, and you can do whatever you want with it. And you know, I I only can make what I know how to do. Well, yeah. But I mean, our vice versa. Our biggest influences when we do this kind of stuff is not so much just them, but like Jack Benny and the uh, the uh, Groucho Marx and. You yeah, know, all those guys and the because the, you know Mel Blank was a huge part of the oh, yeah. uh, the, ben, um, the Jack Benny show and you know now he, and he's forever known as the voices of every Warner Brothers cartoon that you love. <laughs> yeah, do you ever catch that that my favorite Simpsons joke? I don't know if it's true, but like how they screwed over Mel Blank for the Roadrunner, they just recorded him saying Meep and then dubbed it. <laughs> oh no! Oh. It's when Homer becomes Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave now. My home planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I just fell in love with you. The greatest excuse for a character to leave a show. <laughs> well, that was the best damn episode of Hitchie and Hoochie I've ever seen, Homer. <laughs> Simpsons, I I grew up on Simpsons as well. Just I, I know you did because I've heard you say it. <laughs> it was awkward to talk to someone and be like, I didn't want to be like, I don't know any of your work because I didn't watch any <laughs> past season 13, but I'm going to go along with it. Well, I mean, like, you know, for me, when I started watching, I think it was the Conan O'Brien years. 
And yeah, probably me too. Like that, I, those are the ones I remember. Right. The thing about people our age with Simpsons, as much as I could tell that I watched it when I, I was young, it's the not until the reruns. I was that age where it was on. We had two Fox channels, uh-huh. so it was like a two-hour block every night. It would just be oh, two right, hours. Yeah. Simpsons. And they do it. Like and you probably every, have that Jersey. You, yeah. You would have like Fox New Jersey, Fox New York. Right. And it'd be like six to seven, and then you flip to the next channel. So my brother and I would just watch The Simpsons every fucking night. Oh, of course. I mean, how could you? And, and you memorize like every bit and every. And that never goes away. And yeah. I, I I go through phases where I listen and then I don't listen. But uh, I'm sorry. Feels like watch. I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> I mean, I can't even like go to the dentist without thinking Lisa needs braces. Oh, every time, every time. I go to the dentist today, own. and then like, Lisa needs braces. Or when I park the That'll car, plan. Lisa needs braces. That'll plan. And you do it so good. I would every time I park the car. Remember, we're in the itchy lot, dude. That is my favorite episode of all time. <laughs> yeah, it might be my favorite. I don't know if I can have one. I found out when I by emotion. Uh, there's mo. So my wife never watched Simpsons, so I was trying to get her oh, into it, but on. I kept picking all the sad ones. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Or Seinfeld. Don't, don't even get me started. Oh, jeez. But I, I was like, oh, The Simpsons, you should check out this. Oh, this is Lisa the Substitute. You'll love it. Oh, like, God. This isn't funny at all. I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry. Oh. Why am I a 31-year-old man crying right now? Oh, and like when um, Homer's mom comes back. and Oh, my God. Well, I mean, or the Matt Groening, he loves to do sad episodes sometimes. And, of course, the one episode of Futurama I can never watch again Jurassic Park. is the one where the dog is. I'm, like, getting warmed that. up now. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting choked God. up. Just that fucking <laughs> destroyed everyone. <laughs> And, you know, there's a great book. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's called The uh, Unauthorized Oral History of the Simpsons. Oh, I got to get that. A, I think it's by Dan Orvatiz or Matt Orvatiz. I don't recall it. I can send you the link. I've read it. It's one of the few books I've read. That sounds terrible to say, but it's true. <laughs> um, it's an oral history of the golden era of Simpsons. Uh, and and then now that I have the context for The Simpsons, like, I get it. Like, yeah. James L. Brooks and Sam Simon came from ta- – fucking. Ta- I mean, they came from every – fucking Taxi – and, like, we just wanted to make an animated version of Taxi. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, like, James L. Brooks, like, a lot of people he, don't realize how influential to comedy of that time he was. And Matt Groening probably gets more credit than any than he deserves. And, like, oh, he created it and all, but... The, st- the heart is Sam and and, uh, and James. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, I think more people are starting to recognize that, which is pretty awesome. And that's, like, the whole book is about that, mostly. Of just like, and they oh they really shaped you know first of all they shaped my love of voice acting because I tried to do as many of Hank Azaria's voices as I could, uh, <laughs> like I just my favorite joke from my favorite episode is when Frank is explaining that uh, <laughs> I can't even do it without laughing but it's like, uh, these, can you do it in the voice <laughs> I'll try okay how uh, robots will kill each other in a massive orgy of blood. Guts with the killing and violence. <laughs> How much time do you think we have, Doctor? Well, by my calculations, it will be 24 hours. And then the robot kills the guy. I forgot to carry the wine. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite joke. Oh, ever. I didn't know he does Professor... Well, he does everyone, he does right? Frank. He does... Oh, I think him and... Is it Dan uh, Castanella? No. Uh, well, yeah, him and... I think, Harry and Shear? Harry Shearer, I think, are tied... Or, have the most amount of voices. And the weird thing is they also have acting careers simultaneously. And they also have so much 
fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's like ridiculous. Well, and like, yeah. did you even? I didn't even know that. Um, they would do like sitcoms in between because there was a oh, yeah, he was, show. Hank Azaria Herman's was on Head. Mad About You. <laughs> Mad About You. Yeah, he was on Herman's Head with yeah. uh, Yardley Smith. And then, I mean, finding out that Al Jean and Mike Reese did Teen Angel kind of blew my mind. Because I actually meant that. I was like, that show sucked. And he's like, oh, great show. Like, okay. uh, I, I guess if you work on something, you shouldn't trash it, especially yeah. if, your bo- if your current boss is the one who gave you. So I was like, all right. No, but dude, <laughs> okay. like, I think, like, there are so many, like, there are many pivotal moments of watching television that, that shaped my career or watching movies that kind of just shaped the kind of styling I was definitely the um, inside the actor's studio episode where he interviews the Sim- Simpsons cast. Oh, and then like they like leave throughout the period. I actually found a follow up interview. I guess it was very long. It was like six hours and certain of the cast members had to leave and that's what they didn't want to stop. So well, yeah. Do well, uh, Marge le- leaves like halfway through the thing after they just cut her. back and someone's like gone. They're going yeah. to catch a plane. <laughs> oh my God. I've watched that thing. A th- a thousand times. And then watching Harry Shear in the Christopher Guest movies, um, especially, yep. I mean, Spinal Tap, blew my mind. When I first saw that, I think I was, it was my senior year of high school. Um, I saw it, you know, I had, I had already seen all the Python films. Um, actually, as a little flashback, when I was maybe six or seven years old and my parents first showed me Monty Python. I guess it was on TV. It was the quest for the Holy Grail. And it's the first scene. And it's, you know, you hear the and it's it's uh, Patsy with coconuts. And I look at my parents. I'm like, that's not a horse. That's coconuts. And my mom turns to my dad, according to this legendary story amongst my family. She goes, he gets it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, OK, I'm, I guess uh, I guess I'm a comedy guy. But is your your wife a comedy person? Like, could she ha- stick with your comedy me, nerdism? Let me tell you what her three favorite films are. And this is gonna like. Here's the thing: she's a very sweet, unassuming woman, and you know, you, you, she's very professional. Her favorite movies: Princess Diaries, Coming to America, <laughs> and Blazing Saddles. All right, the she's last doing good. two movies. Not She's so right. quotable in public. <laughs> no, Princess Diary, a little bit a more. A little bit more, but when... Especially since Parks and Rec, for some reason, just kept referencing oh it that God. one episode. Yes. I, I've never seen the Princess Diaries. I'm like, Victoria, is it that good? My wife's like, yeah. <laughs> My wife swears by it. Uh, but yeah, so that's the kind of... When, first of all, when she told me Blazing Saddles was her favorite movie, I was like... Is that what you bought the ring? <laughs> Well, that's what I knew she was the one. Were you just like, is it true what they say about you people? <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, so do you, are you part of UCB, the pit, that um, like New York City comedy scene at all? I took uh, courses there. Um, first of all, they're mad expensive. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. No offense to them, but they are legitimately I think they're okay. they're like a grad school. Um, for I, I, I've, I've heard that recently. It's like, and then the, the, the members don't get paid any money, which is... That's the other pressure. thing. I mean, if you're, if you're dedicated to UCB, and I have friends who are very talented, and they're doing it too, you're doing it because, first of all, you can, and it's what you live for. Now, I live for improv too, and I live for sketch comedy, but my whole thing is, well, why do people have to go to New York City to see it all the time, you know, and my goal ultimately is to build 
that kind of scene with the featured performers we have, um, you know, in this area and hopefully in other parts of New Jersey and, you know, with this slowly but surely you're trying to build it. And you're, uh, I say you're performing at uh, some sort of Comic-Con? Yeah, we're going to be at the Newark, uh, N-E-W-A-R-K, <laughs> Comic-Con cool. on August 20th. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're developing that show right now. It's going to be a 45-minute original show with brand new sketches, none that are being, none that have been heard so far. Uh, maybe one or two, but no, but they're all going to be superhero based, of course. How do you guys, and then, um, so I was watching YouTube of Eastside Mags. How did, uh, that for anyone listening that's owned by the wonderful Jeff Beck, who's been on the show. <laughs> and, uh, the only reason I had him on the show, I don't know if there's a great podcast called Adrian Has Issues, which is, uh, my good buddy Adrian from the same area you're from. And um, I got connected to it from there. He he he's a comic book guy, yeah. also a fellow music fan and comedy, just great dude. And um, he, uh, I know he's recorded some of his podcasts at Eastside Mags, mm-hmm. so that's the only reason I've found that place. I've actually been there a couple times. This place oh, is it awesome. is an awesome place. I spend way too much money. I I don't <laughs> read comic books, and I spend too much money when I go there. Well, I found out about it when it opened, and a friend of mine was there for the opening, cosplaying as Deadpool. And he's hysterical, so he was totally in character. And um, I was like, oh. Is this before the Deadpool movie even came yeah, out? before it even came out. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is an awesome place. It's like a boutique shop, but it's got all this cool stuff. And, you know, it's, it's comics, but it's not annoying people telling you about comics. And they're very open to people. Yeah, I didn't feel shitty or judged. Exactly. Because I bought a um, – this is what – I bought a fan art – a space. The first time I went there, I actually ran into Jeff, so I I had interviewed him, so I got to say what's up, and it was really cool to meet him. And then I bought a Space Ghost fan art and a Fraggle Rock graphic novel, nice. like book, graphic book. It was mo- not a graphic novel; it was like a animated book. Oh, cool! And I was like, "This is what I am. <laughs> Whatever. I like Muppets." Exactly. Yeah. The the one of them I used to go to, they were so like the very stereotypical one, and I in my in in, in Bloomfield. Mm, or Blo- well, that one closed actually. Yeah, that was one. But there was another one. I don't even want to mention them, but they were eh, snooty. The comic book guy. They were. They were exactly, but like six of them. (laughs) Yep. But yeah. Oh my god. We um, we actually did something for my co-executive producer Rob's site, Cape Swoosh. We did a live read of a comics um uh, there, and it was fun. And we started building a relationship with Jeff. And uh, he would help me advertise some shows that I was in. And then I was looking for a place to do a live gig out of. And I it never occurred to me to even think to ask him until I saw that, you know, he had bands there and stuff. And he was doing more yeah, live things. Yeah, uh, Waiting for Sunset, right? Right. And I was like... Yeah, that's uh, Brian and... Uh, fuck. Oh, shit. Pat. Yeah, I know both of those. Uh, I actually knew Brian, who was Brian Birdsey, who was his band member from years ago, and she could be king. Um, so that's, I was like, wait a minute, you know Brian Birdsey, and he has a great podcast, like a alternative music one called X Epic Dudes X. Oh, and by and, the uh, way, listen yeah. to my podcast is the new Come to My Improv Show on Facebook, but I've found a way to now combine them in a both annoying fashion. Um, <laughs> but that that joke's so funny, but only to people in that world. It really because is, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's so annoying to be come to my improv show. I'm like, nobody asked me to go to their fucking improv show, and no one's asked me to listen to their podcast unless you're a part of that world. Pretty so much. Because everybody yeah. who does one is same is the same friends with each other, so it just circulates. Yeah, it's just the same three people. Like, like yeah, you said Jeff, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, Brian and Pat. I'm like, yeah. 
four people that we all just kind of podcast or know each other. Well, I, we, we, I was like, uh, well, why don't I ask him to do a show out of there? And he was like immediately agreed. And yeah, Adrian, he was so I, cool with it. Records there too. And I'm like, man, I should, I wish I lived there. I could do a live one. And it was, Remember? it was great because we, I launched the site on April 1st of this year, which I thought, you know, that, that's going to be fun. And originally the site was just going to be, it was just going to be just a podcast. And I was just going to host it, and it was just going to be very, pretty much the super ego idea. And we started recording stuff back in, like, September, and some pieces were hit or miss, and I was using different actors at the time, and we had just gotten, like, our new equipment that we were all pitching in for. But over time, I'm like, well, if I, I don't want to do just, just what they, they did. So I thought maybe there's a way to, like, do something different. And I looked at sites like Funny or Die and Nerdist and all those guys. And I was like, oh, well, maybe, okay, I'll build a network of groups that are from the area, or at least from like the tri-state area, and have them share audiences so that new people can discover other groups or other performers. And then together we can collaborate on original pieces uh, like the podcast. And as luck would have it, I was doing an audition for Disney World again to be a Jedi, and I met a guy there. Um, his name is Mike Pantierno. He's part of the Pavlovian Dog Show, which is one of our featured performers. Um, if you watch the live show, he's the one that uh, played Vader or played Anakin in the um, Darth Freeman Bellows sketch. Um, yep. Well, he wrote that, by the way, only because... He does a very good Hayden Christensen impression. <laughs> this movie is destroying my life. Exactly, and so um, and they had been they've been doing live shows for I'd say like the past couple of years now. Um, they have a little mini documentary on Vimeo on their Vimeo page. If anybody ever wants to see it, it's called Chasing Tail: The Pavlovian Dog Show Story, and they've performed at like the Ped and UCB and all those kinds of places. So I was like, okay, well, they're from Jersey. Why don't I bring them to make sure they work in Jersey? Uh, we exchanged, like, business cards, and then all of a sudden some people know each other and other people know each other. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is a network that already has kind of built itself. Um, and friends of mine had just started a group called American Breakfast, which is another one of the featured performers. Um, we have uh, – I'm in a group with um, a girl named Veronica Furman who's a very talented actress, um, good singer too. She's in this, um, <laughs> an all, an acapella nerd-themed singing group called Choirfly. How awesome Hold is on, that? Hold on, I'm looking that up right now because that hit all of my G-spots so I don't like to admit I like. How awesome is that? Choirfly? <laughs> yeah, you get it? <laughs> and um, so she's in a group with me and uh, two other talented guys, Nick Wolf, Rob Dickerson, my co-executive producer, uh, we're called The Cabinet, um, and the, Nick and Rob started their own duo called Drunk Panda, and we're building um, content for ourselves as we speak. Um, I also have two solo performers. Uh, then one is named Ashley England. Uh, she's a Chicago girl who came to New York. She's a Second City-trained professional. She's very good. She does these one-act uh, character pieces, um, and they're very, very funny. 
Um, Randy Riemann, uh, Ryman, I believe. Uh, I hate. Sorry, Randy, I butchered your name. Um, he uh, he just uh, I guess signed with us. There's nothing like formal about it. It's just hey, do you want a page? Sure, let's perform. Um, Is he an executive producer yet? No, no. It's just it's just me. <laughs> no, he's gonna earn that. Nah, it's just me and Rob. <laughs> I am a benevolent dictator. <laughs> are you guys co-executive producers? Yeah. Like, are you guys gonna fight over that? No, like, no, in no, scripts? not at all. I'm, I take major, uh, majority of the creative stuff is on my side, and as well as editing. And um, he is the man who makes sure it all sounds right, because he is a broadcasting uh, person, and he is phenomenal at what he does. So he makes everything sound cl- great, and I just kind of make sure the and we and we still creatively will collaborate too. He's got great ideas and he's a very uh, talented improviser. He never gave himself credit, but he all of a sudden showed us the skill that he has and it's pretty surprising cuz he again is another one of those unassuming guys, but when you get to know him, he's very big and loud and in a funny way that's just so awesome to be around. So I was like, "Well, yeah, of course you're my you're going to be my partner in this." And then um so uh yeah, Randy He's uh, performing at Fringe Festival in New York City, actually, um, which uh, he has another type of one-man show. It's, again, his characters and his impressions are so good. And he only lives another town away from me, it turns out. So I was like, oh, that's convenient. So I was like, okay, I've got a good core group of people. We launched the site, put their content out there, um, and... This first season of the podcast, which is called the Sketch Provcast, um, was basically just kind of like, here's an introduction to our sense of humor. The first episode, it's all the real style that we're going to have in the second season, which is going to hopefully start coming out in July. Um, we want to do an episode a month for debuting the first of every month. And... That whole sense is very much the superego style of written and improvised hybrid pieces um, that we uh, put together in a uh, brand new studio that we just built. So our our little uh, little studio Fritz, we call it, because the name of the street is uh, Fritz. And (laughs) uh, yeah, I have inadvertently become a namer of things uh, (laughs) with uh, all of our stuff. Um, When we were doing The Killing Joke, I read the stage direction of Cape Swoosh for Batman uh, because, you know, we're just having fun. And I was like, oh, Rob, you got to call yourself Cape Swoosh Productions. And he took me seriously, and he decided to do that. And then when we're, when we're like, oh, okay, we'll do stuff out of the garage, I'm like, oh, yeah, Studio Fritz. And that stuck, too. And I'm like, okay, guys, you know you don't have to take my suggestions right off the bat. <laughs> but it just came like – it just became this thing, and it's – uh, it's, it's, it's real. I'm very happy with the amount of people that I'm working with because they're very dedicated. They're very driven and they're very, very funny. So do you have a day job as well? Or is this nope. like, your, <laughs> this, this is your, this is, career, this is it right will. now. Um, my, and this is, I mean, this is what comedians do. They yeah. don't just do one thing. They do everything. Oh, all right. Uh, before we kind of start to wrap it up, I did want to ask you about the new Mike Birbiglia movie. Oh, what are your God. thoughts on the preview? Okay. When I found out about it, um, I think it had been in production maybe like two years ago. I love the concept of it. You know, uh, it's called um, Don't Think Twice. Don't Think Twice? Yeah, it's called Don't Think Twice. Like. 
And I get it. it's about an improv group, very UCB like, because um, all those guys are either Second City or UCB performers. Uh, Chris Gethard, another Jersey guy. He's uh, he's in yeah. That movie. He's finally getting his comeuppance or whatever. He, has, he is he has paid his dues and he's this is I hope it's a breakout role for him. Um but even though he's pretty much playing himself. <laughs> but it, Well yeah. he, he's basically uh the Michael Brickfield character yeah. from from what I've listened to on podcasts of him speak. And um it's about a group that performs in New York City and one of them gets uh to audition for a Saturday Night Live type show. And when I was watching the trailer and knowing people who've been in this situation and knowing people who've gone through this, I'm like, oh, this is going to hit so hard for improv actors. Like, this is going to be – it could be one of those things where, like, this is way too real. <laughs> like, it's just going to well, be Mark Maron is still talking about it up until he gets to talk to Lauren Michaels. Like, I mean, that, that's how – that dude found success, me having Obama on his podcast and TV show and – he still would talk about his SNL edition, like oh yeah, you know if that if that doesn't go well, it's like fuck it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I really yeah. like Briglia's work. I, I um, love him. Oh my god. Yeah. Sleep. Did you, sleepwalk I, um, with me? That is a phenomenal. Love that. Show. He did a drive before he did his one man show. Thank God for jokes. Yes. He did a a weekend up in Providence where I live, so we got to see that for like twenty bucks in a small. We had this amazing theater called the Columbus Theater. Oh yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's um, a great place. I've only lived here for five years, so it was closed when I moved here, but... Or no, it was closed for a long time. I don't know the whole story. Yeah, they, they revamped it and they made it look yeah. really nice. It's gorgeous. I've seen some great comedy there. I've seen uh, Eugene Merman, Kerb Ronholler, Kyle and Kinane. Oh, he's but, my uh, favorite right now. Oh, yeah. Him but, and Paul I mean, Tompkins. <laughs> yeah, but fucking... Mike Birbiglia's Thank God for Jokes was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It made me, like, rethink how stand-up could be. I was like, whoa. He really is, like, starting to become, he's like, a pioneer. So, he's so brilliant. Like, he, uh, he's, like, telling a story, and then he would walk to another microphone and go on side tropes and funny things and come back to the same story. Oh, my God. And the whole story was about um, him... Call it making. I don't remember. I think it's about his first uh, appearance on uh, Late Night or something, or the Tonight Show or oh, something, like it? building up to that. I'm confusing the two of it, but there's a story where he brings up who's the guy who did I Heart Huckabees. Um, the director or the the guy who? Yeah, the director. He calls oh, him. Geez. He like famously called Lily Tomlin a cunt. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Oh, wait, I think I've Rick seen Leo. that video, because there's, like, an outtake of it. Yeah, they have Yeah, in an award show, he, like, brings it, he brings it up in front of everyone. Oh, Jesus. I think the whole premise is that story with, a, I don't know, I'm not going to ruin anything. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. Don't, just see it if you have an opportunity. I hope it will come streaming at some point. Well, but I mean, I really I'm, think it's a really genius. I'm not going to lie. I mean, my goal is, we're doing a lot of live shows this summer, which is pretty awesome. But Are you looking at tour? Is that, like, the thing? I mean, like... I mean, I know personally for my goal is I want to make, you know, this podcast a known entity and I want to help everybody out who's involved in it to be noticed and to be recognized. You know, it's it's comedy is best when it's done together by people who want to do it yeah, together. Absolutely. And these I couldn't be more blessed with the type of comedians that I have working with me. But, yeah, I mean, season two, it's going to come out in July. Um, we're yeah, going to have start like a, yeah, starting a podcast is the best way to meet everyone. Yeah. And, and we're going to have, I, um, we're going to have some interstitial, uh, episodes where I'm going to be interviewing the different featured performers, uh, kind of one-on-one to just kind of, I'd be interested because 
with your like comedy knowledge, it'd be interesting to hear you talk to like, like uh, you're listening to like long is it in conversation with or long form conversation with the the UCP podcast. Yeah, I've uh, I've definitely heard those guys. I mean, like I mean, I've listened. I listen to everybody. So yeah, you know. I feel like you would do so good. Well, thank you. With what you do as well, but like if you have more of a, a knowledge with someone else, I think you would be able to do great at that. Hey, if any do comedians you... want to do my show, please <laughs> come on board. Ta- we'll we'll, well stay you. in touch with me afterwards because I I feel like I've been meeting all these people that I don't deserve to talk to. Oh, not deserve, but I have nothing for them. <laughs> like all right, don't deserve. Oh come on, man, you're doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's great. I'm so happy, but I'm like, all right, I don't perform. Like, I don't have any aspiration. Like, I have a job and a wife, and my life is not performing. This is this is the this is it, and I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm it's, it's still a passion for you because obviously oh, you like what you do. Best. Oh, I love it, but like performing, ugh. and that's all we're trying to do. I mean, you know, we're all you know, we're just regular people who are trying to make a living. Out Somebody of what we pay do. this man. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Someone hire you to give money. <laughs> Or someone, someone sponsor us so we can get money. <laughs> yeah, and um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you guys can do like they do like improv fest up here. Like Providence is three hours away. That, Find some reasons, that's, yeah, that's, to do like Providence and Boston, just like little weekends. You're not like breaking the bank. Just that's another goal. Is I, I mean, I've got like a lot of long term stuff. Like I want to actually start a festival in New Jersey because we don't have one. Yeah, we don't have. How can Montclair not have something like you're they've got so the film close festival to York. And they've got other yeah. stuff. And I mean, I'm hoping gradually we can build that kind of scene so that it it gets to that point. And you know, I'm town council. <laughs> I want I want basically the goal to be, you know, either performers or comedians to want to be on the show. <laughs> you know, I like yeah, like that's like, of course, anybody wants that that level of uh, um, awareness. But you know, we have we have media pretty much everywhere online right now and it's yeah, only everyone grow. uh everyone knows everyone so like i've been made a lot of cool friends on here and then you know like facebook friends but i made enough like comedian friends on facebook where like people you may know now pop up for me it's like uh john mulaney jonah ray all these like <laughs> it's all like mark hoppus but it's like I, mean, I don't know these people but it's like i know two or three people who know their personal account right. like I've stalked you, and this is not <laughs> to talk to people anymore. Like, you just meet, um, you know, find a comedian who's got something they're trying to plug, and bam, you got a guest. Um, I, I mean, that's 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 kind of the that's kind of. The, I just want to work with funny people, and then just make yeah. fun stuff. That's really all there's I so, want to do. There's so much good shit out there, just good people, and um, and now you're on our fucking awesome network of awesome people. Yes. But I think you're the only performer out of us. Oh. You know, we're happy to be. A, I'm definitely happy to be a part of it. I know all my friends yeah. are happy to be a part of it, and um, none of us live near each other. <laughs> none of us live near each other. But hey, any comedians out there listening or uh, performers, contact me. <laughs> Give me a ring. Yeah, let's uh plug plug this shit out okay, yourself. Cool. Um, well, you can find everything on sketchprov.com. Um, and um, I mean, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. All of them ending with sketchprov. There's no deviation from it. Was very lucky to nab those up, um, and uh, you know we're gonna have a lot of live shows uh, this summer, which you can see on our live events page. Um, every group has a profile page where you can find their social media and all their um, media that they've got on like YouTube and Vimeo and all that stuff. And like I said, season two of our podcast, um, season one, uh, by the way, is all available on Core Temp Arts right now. 
And uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, we just got on Google Play. So, you know, it's it's out there. You cannot miss it. Um, please listen. Please subscribe. Please rate. All that stuff. And uh, hopefully it'll, it'll only get better from here. So be on the lookout for us. Awesome, man. Thanks for uh, doing this. Hey, thanks uh, for having can... me, man. I appreciate this.